Miracy. I'm Rati Gorfin, and you're listening to Making It. I run a business called Creative Calling Coaching. When I was a child, I wanted to be an actress, an actor, actress, whatever. And many years later, I think I was 12 years old, sitting on the stage as one of the children in The King and I. And of course, that was an easy part. You just had to sit there. But I still had the focus of the audience on me and adulation. And it occurred to me then, yes, this is where I belong, right here. And flash forward to when I was 16, I was the company apprentice for the Yale Summer Cabaret Theater. And I remember sitting on the stage the night Nixon got peached. And, you know, this was after a performance and lying on the floor with their chins in their hands were the likes of Meryl Streep and Christine Estabrook. And they were not known at that point. I don't know if it's funny or sad, but uh, in one of the productions, I got to play a corpse. It was The Real Inspector Hound by Tom Stoppard. And I was the best corpse. Meryl Streep was playing the lead and in a long lame gown, as I remember it, flouncing across my legs for an hour and a half. And I didn't breathe for an hour and a half. I mean, I was a corpse. And afterwards, (laughs) I ran up to my father and I said, so what'd you think? And of course, I was hoping he would say, you were amazing. I didn't see you move once. But instead he said, that blonde gal, meaning Meryl Streep, is going to make it. Well, so I made a decision, you know, we form these beliefs in life. And I always like to say that a belief is an opinion that you've mistaken for a fact. So the fact that I formulated was, if I'm ever going to be an actress, I better be as good as Meryl Streep. And that was not a good place to start out an acting career from, actually. I came to New York at the age of 17. I went to NYU, what is now the graduate acting program at NYU Tisch School of the Arts. At the time, it was a conservatory program, but it was both undergrad and graduate, and I was far too young. But I got into that program, and... You know, it was the 70s, so there were no boundaries. Uh, Most of the, there would be class action suits all over the place with the behavior of a lot of those teachers today. And when I got spat out into the acting world, I still had no tools as a human being. I mean, I could act very well. I think I'm a pretty good actress, but the business of acting is a whole other thing and it, it crushed me. So I instead moved into this ashram. I fell in love with this guru-type person. But it was a great move. I literally believe it saved my life. 1980, AIDS epidemic had begun. I was a wild little thing. And it was good to get some life skills and be somewhere where people didn't identify me solely by my profession. They didn't identify me solely as an actress. I didn't identify myself solely as an actress. It was my first experience of uh, unconditional love, really. But eventually, the tension between the guru's vision and my vision of my life became too taut. 
And I started acting out. You know, it was a celibate community. I mean, it was a nunnery. It is actually now a very famous, world-renowned health center up in Lenox, Massachusetts. I spun off and came back to New York to be an actress. And I actually started working. I became a stand-up comic. And in 2003, I hung my shingle out as creative calling coaching and started to build my coaching business. And fast forward today, I am a coach for creative professionals who find it hard to get anything done. I help them focus. Back in 2016, I was making 19K, okay? Not a lot of money. And I came across a business coach named Monica Shaw. I went to her three-day event, and it was almost like when I'd fallen in love with my first guru. So I was dubious. However, her message was very powerful to me in terms of women and money and women getting their head around and feeling entitled to a relationship with money. And fast forward, I worked with Monica up until recently, and she took me from 19K to 100K. And my in the process of that journey, my niche became more and more refined. I also became certified by the International Coach Federation via the ADD Coaching Academy. And I decided to become a trained ADHD coach because it is a, a very unique brain wiring and very similar to the brain wiring of the creative, of the artist, which is not to say that all artists have ADHD. However, many of them do. To me, making it means landing in the center of yourself and having agency over your life. When I say landing in the center of yourself, meaning fully embracing who and what you are, not as a liability, but as your greatest strengths. The things that people would frame in the acting business as a liability for me, you know, uh, being this brassy little Jewish gal who was not quite ethnic enough, not quite white enough, a little too different, a little too offbeat, a little too much is what made me ultimately. As a coach, I lean into all of it. And that's what people are paying me for. That's, to me, what making it is. I think I would have been lost if I really listened to all of the limiting beliefs of other people. If I had gone and tried to make myself look like Reese Witherspoon by getting a nose job or, you know, all this other nonsense. Making it is being okay with who you are and leveraging your strengths. Then you can always return to happiness, which is not a permanent state of being. But at least you have access to it. If you have access to happiness, you've made it. Because of all the unfortunate mythologies in the culture about what making it is. In the culture, Making it as an actress is being Meryl Streep. It's all or nothing. If I can't play guitar like Segoviev, I won't play guitar at all. And that is toxic. 
and very unfortunate. So you end up having folks like myself and thousands of others who were very talented people, but it's not our karma. We don't, you know, to be Meryl Streep. And so we have to knock around, get knocked down, have our hearts broken. And that can take some time until we finally evolve enough as humans to recognize that we are enough. So here I am. I'm at a point in my life where many people are, you know, retiring. But I mean, that's the story, I believe, for creatives. And the sooner you can get over that horrible mythology that fame equals making it, the sooner you can have a life. That's my belief. I'm Rati Gorfin, and you've been listening to Making It. You can find me at creativecallingcoaching.com. That's one word. And you can also check out my link tree at Coach Rati, which you'll find in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Making It is part of the Mira CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab and Once Upon a Business. This episode of Making It was produced by Danny Bermont and Jeff Govardson. Cynthia Lamb is supervising producer. Danny Eney, that's me, is executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. To catch the great episodes that are coming up on Making It, please give us a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.